Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. My name is Jesse Vondercheck. I am head coach at Top Step Training, and we have the gang back together. Elliot, good to see you. It's been a while. It's been a while. I've been kind of around the world. Um, yeah, it's Elliot Bassett with Mountain Endurance, and I am also the head coach. I'm actually the only coach, but yeah. But it sounds better when you say head coach, right? It's yeah, I'm head coach. Efficient. I'm oh, I've been the owner. I've been the CEO for like, jeez, uh, Louise, sixteen years now. So you, you know. also like sweep the floors and do all that stuff too, huh? I don't sweep the floors because there's no floors to sweep. But I do <laughs> clean the laptops. And recently, I spilled orange juice on the main laptop of Mountain Endurance. So I'm actually talking to you through uh, Eric Ackerland National Team Triathlon Team Members Computer which I've co-opted in exchange for an iPad. So sorry to her. Yeah. It's really hard to get an English language keyboard in Europe, just in case you're wondering. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Marilyn. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah, Marilyn Chakota, mcc.coach is where you can find all the information on me. Good to be here today, guys. And we are kind of in the middle of the Tucson summer, which can seem never ending. I don't know how you feel about it, Marilyn. Sound, you said you just went for a run and you were, uh, you were a little bit roasty after. Yeah, I'm still red. I can't believe my face <laughs> is still red. Um, yeah, you know what? I feel like we're starting to get on the tail end. I don't know. It's been like under 100, quite a few, under 100, right? So it hasn't, when it's like a, when you're, you know, you're really settled into living in Tucson when you consider like 100 to 105, it's like, oh, it's hot out. 110. And then the second it's not a hundred anymore, you're like, oh, it's, it's so cool. Right. Like it's breezy out almost. And the second you're driving, you're like, oh, it says 80 degrees. This is lovely. You know, break um, out the sweaters. Yeah. I, I can go ride now at 10 AM. Cause it's only 90. I'm like 90. That's nothing. Like it might, might as well pull out the arm warmers. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's nice. It's more been raining every day and the mountains are beautiful right now because the green, it's so green and humid and, um, but, uh, yeah, after a hundred, I feel like it's a bit toasty, but we've been, we've been okay. Yeah. I, I feel like this is the trick though that happens. And then it's going to hit a hundred again for a while coming up soon. Um, so I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Unfortunately, I think in Tucson, it doesn't really happen until October when most people are experiencing fall is when we get out of our actual summer. But <laughs> Makes the, good for uh, that Kona prep people start showing up though, right? We get the, we get the onslaught of Kona people coming, coming to Tucson. It's been nice and humid for, for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a good year for Kona prep for sure. And yeah, there's a few guys in town already, which is cool. But um, that does have me kind of daydreaming about training in places that are not so hot and humid in August, um, which is leads us to the topic of today, which is training locations. And um, yeah, we're going to kind of roll through some and, and talk about what might make an ideal spot and what might not. And to kick and it off, just also daydream a little bit and daydream. Us. Yeah. <laughs> So it got me daydreaming about a summer I spent in Lake Placid, which I was staying basically at the swim start for the Ironman. If you've been there, I was about 10 steps away from a perfect lake for swimming. When I was staying there, I put my wetsuit on in my apartment because I would just walk downstairs and basically be in the water. And 
Yeah, I, I would say like the riding around Lake Placid is pretty amazing. There are some pretty big climbs. There are a bunch of rollers. There's a little bit of flat if you need it. And like I said, open water is right out the door. And running, um, all the roads are great for running around there. There are some trails a little bit harder to get to, but, but if you wanted to make the effort, you could get to some trails. So what might seem from the outside a perfect training location has it all but i had a really rough time training there i it was not perfect for me at at least for that length of time i was there for like um like six weeks i think and it was um you were there longer than that was it like eight I weeks were, i think i think you were yeah so for those listening this was a long time ago and i, I think I, I was still coaching you then right and yeah i think it was eight i think it was eight weeks yeah it's all summer long so eight weeks long and um and I did have a little hot streak. Elliot and I were talking about this earlier where I won like six or eight races in a row or something. But the whole idea was to train for Ironman Lake Placid. And Which by the time so by the time that rolled around, I kind of fell flat on my face and had a really rough day. And um yeah, I think part of it was that training block leading up with the, the two months in Lake Placid that just wasn't perfect for me, which is, yeah, and I think, which is, I think part of that was you had a group, uh, it was a weekday race, right. It was one of the races you were, you, you had won, you had won some smaller, like professional half Ironmans, I think. And then you were winning this like weekday race. Was it on a weekend or a weekday? I think it was a weekday. I think it was like a Monday night race or something. So the reason I'm bringing this up is that was a group activity that you were a part of, but the town itself was quite small. And I believe one of your main issues was you were just like, I'm faster than everyone here. And you were like pretty, it wasn't like you were a little lonely. It was like, there was no one to be seen. Like you couldn't even see someone else on the road who was pedaling within three miles an hour of you. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And it was a, a great kind of, realization as far as what actually motivates me i used to kind of also daydream about like peter reed style camps where i get a little cabin in the woods and you know go there for three months and train by myself but it turns out i'm extremely um externally motivated and um i can't i can't do that very well i struggle to push hard on the pedals by myself after especially after being in tucson where i don't have to do that where I get to swim with a master's group. I get to run with a running, uh, running group, and then I get to ride group rides. So spending eight weeks where I had to kind of find the motivation to do that on my own. By the time race day came around, I had expended all my mental marbles in training and got to the race. And I was like, I don't feel like trying to do this anymore. Cause I have worked hard to do this by myself all summer. Um, three months so completely by yourself sounds miserable to me. Well, I mean, it does now, it does now, but I, I used to think that sounded awesome until I kind of, you know, learned a little bit more about myself. Um, but, but I think that's a really good kind of launch pad it, into this discussion as far as like all the pieces that make up a good training location. Because for me, it turns out that having a group to train with is as important, if not more important than the setting in which I'm training especially if it's going to be a long time. Like I don't mind going out and doing a few solo sessions and, you know, hitting intervals by myself once in a while. But <coughs> I mean, after doing this for a long time, I feel like I just kind of have, I'm so used to leaning on 
having people to train with. And that's kind of what makes it fun for me now that for me to go spend two months where I'm training by myself, 99% of the time is, uh, is, is kind of mentally taxing. Yeah. No kidding. I was just writing down. I was like, how many places have I actually had like a training base? Like how, like they were, I was there for an extended period of time, let's say three months or more as a training camp. And I can, I wrote down from memory, nine places, um, over the years. I think that there's probably more, I'm probably missing some, but nine that I can remember living three months or more as a training base. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely. And sought out for very specific reasons on each one of them. Were you, were you solo in any of those places? No, never. (laughs) I'm a really social person though. Like for me, isolation and same as you like isolation. I don't mind doing a few training sessions by myself. And I, I actually don't mind running by myself. I prefer that. So when I run with others, I get injured really easy. Um, but yeah, I, social training for me is same as you really important and, and having a, a community and group and people to train with, even if it's just a handful of training partners, I, that's, that's really important to me. That's just like a personal life decision too. I, I do think some of that kind of comes with our, our job, eh? Like you're kind of solo or maybe you're talking on the phone but basically behind the computer working by yourself you're not like in an office where you can chat with people at the water cooler if you will um you're uh this you this know. is us chatting at the water cooler. yeah this is it this is what we get <laughs> right um all right so let's talk about some of those places where have you been yeah. So for well, off the top of my head, Flagstaff, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, Boulder, Colorado. And these are places that I was based as training camps for three months or more. Albury, it's uh, referred to often as Albury Wodonga in Australia. But if you're from there, they just say Albury. You're either from Wodonga or from Albury. So Albury in um, Australia, Christchurch, New Zealand, Netherland in Boulder, or it's just above Boulder in Colorado. Asia, that I wrote down Asia, so that's why the- You said all of Asia. (laughs) I wrote down Asia. Boom. The places places in Asia were the Philippines and Thailand. Um, And then uh, Switzerland is Lisin, Switzerland, not Luzanne that people get confused. It's Lisin, L-E-Y-S-I-N. It's a little mountain town and San Diego. So those are the different places- I can think of off the top of my head. Um, in in Thailand, it was a place called Borsan Village, and in the Philippines, we were in Subic Bay in the um, U.S. Naval Base. So it's for specific locations, that's a lot of different training camps, and each one and then- of them had similarities for sure, and each one of them had their own unique little challenges and character about them. That's for sure. And then just I'll add in. Um- Victoria, British Columbia, spent three years there in total. Gold Coast, Australia, about half a year. Um, Tucson, multiple, I mean, I think probably at this point, about two years of my life. Um, Park City, Utah, for at least half a year, forever in Missoula, Montana. And I have been to a lot of the places you've you've talked about, but more for like a week or two. And I've spent like a month and a half um, outside of Geneva in Switzerland. And right now I'm in Girona for a couple months, um, Girona, Spain. So 
we've we've seen quite a bit and i think we've seen a lot of different setups so anyways take it from there uh, i think one that would be a good place to start since it is maybe the heaviest hitter of them all is boulder sure especially for the audience listening everybody wants to know yeah <laughs> um yeah. boulder was probably one of my biggest bases over the years i mean that's the place that so, I mean, I would call it my second home pretty much. You know, I, I, I went there for the summer, every summer, I think for the most part of six years. So, and when I was there, there was a little bit of mixing up, whether actually living up in Netherland and then training down in Boulder or living in the town of Boulder full time. And so Netherland's like, I don't know, it's like a 30 mile climb up the mountain from Boulder. So do you, know, do you know the elevation there? 8,000, 8,500. Yeah. We're at the, where we would usually rent a house was at nearly 10,000. So oh, yeah, just, and so honestly, like a little bit above, a little bit even above Nederland, but the, the town, yeah, I think it's almost like 9,000, something like that. The town itself is 82 at the north end of the reservoir, but most people live higher than that because that's only a small part of town. Anyways, yes. I'm looking at the map right now. I was I was also there, I think, two months ago eating mm-hmm. eating some Mexican food. Nice. Hi. Yeah. All right. Well, let's run through the pros of living in Boulder. Have, and you both have lived there as well, right? I've been there enough to then. Yeah. I was just there for six weeks. Yeah, I've only gone there for like small training camps and for racing. So I don't do not have as much experience as you there. Yeah, I think I think obviously like the one of the main things that people look at when they go to when they go to Boulder is the altitude. So if you're someone who responds to altitude and you're a pretty serious athlete, that has a bonus to it. And the reason going up to Netherlands. So it was like sleeping high, whether, you know, between eight and 10,000, depending on where your house is. So you're sleeping high and then you can come down to 5,000 to train. So, so the altitude is a big driving factor about being based in Colorado. And then from there, you know, the but similarities, can I, can I jump in on the altitude thing? And, yeah. but I will say that from being living in Boulder, you're kind of at that, like, wrong altitude to get altitude benefits, eh? Cause you're not quite high enough. You're just kind of like, yeah, well, like, you are high enough to get some, but like in terms of like the, Oh, we're really like flooding it with red blood cells. You're like a thousand, 1500 feet too low. I would yeah, say. So, yeah. You're so you're, um, you're high enough to not be able to hit like kind of max efforts on in running and riding and Workouts. swimming. And, but you're also not quite high enough to get all the benefits. So I, I think it is kind of like a, a misnomer that you go to Boulder and you're like, Oh, I'm just swimming in red blood cells. Now things are going to be awesome. And I, I think that maybe like, that's maybe why Marilyn, you live so high is like, you're actually doing it right. Right. Cause if you're up a little higher, then you're actually getting that benefit of altitude. I mean, as long as you're a responder and you you're able to recover, but, but yeah, I just want to throw that out there that I, I do think a lot of people are like, Oh, let's go to Boulder. And I think it's great, but you are just kind of like a little bit too low. Yeah. And those are the details that, you know, back when I was racing for a living that were important for 
the, you know, the performances that were, I was looking for. So living, sleeping up high, you know, where you're sleeping well above 7,000 feet <clears throat> and then coming down to 5,000 to Boulder. I mean, that was, yes, that's why, why we did that. And to a lot of other people, it seemed like a logistical nightmare. And they thought that was kind of a pain, pain, especially at the time didn't have a car. <laughs> so made it even a little bit more logistically complicated. And, and some of uh, our peers would really question our sanity, but the benefit, yeah, if you're going to actually be a responder to altitude, sleeping up that high and then coming down to the town of Boulder where, you know, in the summertime, there's the 50 long, 50 uh, meter long course outdoor pool, Scott Carpenter pool. There's uh, a lake, you know, there's a swim program called BAM that has open water swims twice a week. There's all the other pools. I think there's a total, you know, there's several other pools that have great master swimming. So there's BAM master swimming, as well as all the other triathlon sessions, whether it be, you know, Dave Scott swim or Simon Lessing swim, or there's, you know, there's a, a variety of other swim programs <clears throat> with great coaches. They all have great coaches. Everyone a lot of people in Boulder are very fit, even just walking around, even if they're not triathletes, cyclists or swimmers, they, they walk around just, it's a really fit town. So it's a good environment and the level of athletes there, even just the amateur athletes, I say that, like I say, that are, are doing it recreationally are extremely good, but the professionals that all flock there create an environment that pushes everyone to a new level because now you're surrounded by people who are like-minded, really going for the same thing. And, and so just by default, you get better. And then simply from the road, from your, from most locations, there's great running trails, there's tracks, uh, there's riding from your doors that you can go up mountains, you can go flat, you can go rolling. The Denver airport is really close. So there's all of these things that create a train. The, the Denver airport is important if you're a high level athlete looking to compete a lot because you can fly to Europe really easy and you can fly all over the US really easy. It's a major hub. It's only 45 minutes away from the town itself. So very little commuting in Boulder. You can probably, you can live there without a vehicle. You know, once you get there, you don't need a car. So that's good. The one downside of Boulder is the cost of living is very high. So for an athlete, if, if you're a professional athlete, that can be tricky uh, cost of living, food, anything like that is, is quite expensive. So that can be the one downside of Boulder, but, uh, you know, really good environment to, to go there and push yourself and have all the things at your fingertips that you really need to, to be a, a good athlete. In in my opinion. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, just having been there, um, we were there in May and June, which I think is partly like the best time of year to be there. Um, and, it has a like winter's relatively mild as far as a mountain country or mountain town is concerned. It, I wouldn't really call it a mountain town. It's more like a town in the plains that happens to butt up right against the mountains. Um, the pool situation is quite good. There's a lot of variety. Um, there is really only one 50 meter pool. So if you're looking for a 50 meter pool or if you're looking for outdoor swimming, that's pretty well reserved to four months of the year and eight months of the year. That's not the situation. But then, like you said, there's these dirt paths. Some of them are flat. Some of them are rolling. Um, if you want to actually like mountain bike or like get into the mountains really quickly, that's going to take a little bit of time. Of course, I'm biased having lived in like Missoula, Montana, which has some of the best trails like from town in, in the world. Um, and 
And so like I, me personally, I'm looking at that, but it's like, it's really hard to beat a lot of the things that Boulder has going. I will say one thing though, on the aspect of like the size of the group and the number of people who are there, there's a lot of people who go to Boulder and get injured because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And just the way that like Jesse, you didn't have anybody to push you when you're in Lake Placid and you're like, this is the perfect scenario. We didn't talk about winter in Lake Placid, but if you were more of like a solo mission kind of person, um, that might almost help you in Boulder to kind of like ignore everyone. Cause there's people out doing it. So like you, when you go out and train in Boulder, you're not by yourself per se, you can be by yourself, but you're going to see other people out. And so I think a lot of times that's sometimes a little bit of a motivating factor, even if you are by yourself. And then if you are with a group, you just have to make sure that the group you're with, you personally handle that, that relationship with the group. Okay. And I see so many people who go there and just like, Oh, I'm going to do so-and-so's workout and then this workout and then this workout. And then I'm going to get my crutches from the doctor. And like, that's really like, the story of Boulder over and over again. And then of course the flip side is the people who do that well. And that's why everyone goes there because there is 33% of the people who are just like, yeah, I do my sessions and everything's here. And like you said, like the access to the airport's amazing. And is the weather great in winter? No, but it's like, it's a lot better than a lot of places in the world as far as winter goes. Um, I so never seen winter Boulder. there. So that's, you know, soon as it got, the snow started to even look like it was on the horizon out of there. So I never, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never spent, I never spent a winter there summers only because the time, you know, if you're looking at a training location for performance level of like a professional athlete or very top level. So you're going there for those expectations and those results. Why would you stay for winter? I mean, it's just, we, we do a summer sport, you know, you're going to be stuck really dependent on the weather dictating how much you can train. One of the funny sayings I used to say when we were flying into a place that was going to be a training location is if it was really green, it probably wasn't going to be a great training location because it meant it rained a lot. And if it rains a lot, you, it, it's going to impact your training. And so like people, oh, it's so green and great. And I'd be like, nah, that's a bad indicator as far as training goes. Because you want to, one of the things about Tucson is sunny, like 99.9% .9 of the time it's sunny and dry. You have no reason to not get up and go out and train. Right. And whereas if you fly into a place and it looks lush and green and beautiful, it means it's got a lot of weather and that can, that can screw up your training. And it was like everything needed to make sure that you could get out the door every single day. So yeah, long story short, I never, I never stayed there for winter. Cause, cause why would you, if you're training full-time? So can I just, uh, I'm currently in Girona, Spain, which is like, as far as I can tell, like we're playing a game of every uh, Erica and I, as we're like going on rides or just literally walking down the street and you see people in their kits. It's like, does that person ride for that team or are they a fan? And it's like 50% of the people we see, it's like, yep, that, you know, there goes the Bora hands real guys. There goes the Israel startup guys. Like you see um, there's even Steven Bassett, which my last name is Bassett, if you don't know. Um, and my brother's name is Steve. So his doppelganger is here training. And I'm very excited to run into him and be like, you're not the real Steve Bassett. Um, anyways, there's a lot of people here. And so why is that? Having not been here before, I couldn't really figure it out. And it's also a hub for triathlon. And just like you said, Marilyn, I got here and I was like, it's not totally dry. It's not a desert, but it is not lush per se. And you can go up into the mountains. And I went up a couple thousand feet today. 
And I was like, oh, it's a little greener, but in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty similar to Montana, which is like relatively a dry place. So as best I can tell, why do people like it so much? It's an hour drive from one of the biggest airports in the world in, in Barcelona. So is there an airport in town? Yes. But there's this massive airport that is one flight away from like almost anywhere in the world. And so like that number one is just amazing. Number two, there's a variety of roads and the level of safety on the roads is through the like through the roof. There's a 50 meter pool that's like in town that has amazing hours and access. And there, as best as I can tell, there's never a time you're not allowed to swim, which is very rare for a pool, especially a 50 meter pool. So you're like, oh, that's great. Throw this on top. There's a freaking retractable roof. So we thought that because it's summer, it was removed and then they were just going to put it back in winter. And so it was thunderstorming. We're like, oh, shoot, you won't be able to swim. Nope. They just closed the roof. So you can always swim. And if it's nice out, the roof's open. If it's not, it's closed. Um, and then on top of that, there's dirt running trails from downtown, like literally from downtown. You can go run. It's like this fat, flat road and it's shaded and it's often relatively warm in the winter. And then there's also actually hills into the mountain from town. So it's like quite literally everything you can want. And then you're like, how big is town? It's about 100,000 people. It's extremely compact. And you can get out of town in about six minutes on your bike, maybe less. Um, so the, I now you, understand. You said, yeah, you said two really important things there that, that people might have not picked up on, which is one, you can climb. So the variety of riding and yeah. running is a really big deal. And being able to be any place that I was ever based for a long period of time, it was important that you were able to climb for an extended period of time, because that's really important as far as getting conditioned well enough to race well and improvement and all that. You also want to have the option to go flat. So, you know, being able to go on flat roads, rolling, all of that stuff. So the variety of riding and running is important, but that having the climbing is, is key. And then, you know, the one thing as well is the small towns is another common theme in a lot of the places that work really well because you don't want to be spending your hours commuting right things have got to be convenient because the more time you spend commuting is less time that you're actually recovering or training or you know it's just it makes it more difficult to get anything done if you're trying to train a lot of hours a week and recover you can't be spending an hour or two in the car or even 45 minutes or 30 minutes to get to the place that you need to train it's just you know, you, you don't want to be wasting that kind of time. So. Yeah. That's another a great thing. I'm sorry. Sorry. Another thing you guys mentioned about Boulder as well as uh, Girona is, is the pool situation. And I think that's, that's really important is like how, how much you're able to have pool access and how easy it is to get to right that whole commuting thing uh, because if you're limited in pool hours or you're limited in like how long it takes to get to the pool that can really like, I mean, I don't love swimming. So if you throw barriers for me to get to the pool, I'm like, oh, I might not make it. But if the pool's open all the time and it's easy to get to, then you're like, well, okay, I guess there's nothing keeping me from actually swimming. And so I think that's, that's really important. And especially, yeah, like having a 50 meter pool that you can get to easily that's open all the time. I think that's huge. So yeah, that, that can't be, can't be overlooked. Do, don't you think for anybody listening to this as they like, or to choose their personal hypothetical thing is like you might not like swimming as much some people maybe don't like riding or running so like for riding right some people it's weather some people it's a safe road and so like that's one great thing about tucson and we know specifically people go there because there's like 
well, there's this path with, what is it, 180 miles of closed path. So there's no cars for 180 miles. Like, sure, if you live there long enough, you're going to get pretty bored of the same path. But um, it's just a lot of, like, safety for some people. Um, and then other people, it's weather in Maryland. You were talking about that earlier. Like, some people, you know, won't go out the door if it's below 60 Right. And other people, you know, I, I used to kind of make fun of people whose like cutoff point was 35 or, or like and then and then I started and then it was like, oh, now I like understand people who it's 40 and like I'm almost getting to the point where I understand where it's 45. But everyone has a different cutoff point of what they're willing to ride in. And you just have to make that for yourself. Like you can't 80. listen to. Yeah. I mean, and, so, and some 80 degrees, I'm not going. <laughs> Well, like quite literally, it was really hot here. They had a heat wave for a bit and then it cooled off. And I saw a guy riding and it was like 82 and he had on arm warmers. And I was like, please tell me those are for sun and not for cold coldness. You know? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, you know, everyone has their own personal preference. And um, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. The other thing I want to touch in, you had mentioned the travel and like a small town. So like another place that I think that I've been and has really good access, like Park City, we were sleeping at 6,800. It's pretty easy to sleep above 7,000 in Park City. So Jesse, you're talking about like, uh, like as far as red blood cells and just being at altitude, getting that option. And then where we were staying was like literally a three minute drive to the interstate. It took about 20, 25 minutes to drop down to 4,400 feet. So quite a bit lower and you're able to do run workouts and swim workouts. Um, on basically open public tracks and quite good pool access. Um, that was just a 25 minute drive. And to me, 25 minutes is a fair amount of driving, especially to go round trip just for a workout. But it was pretty accessible to then have the significant drop in elevation. And that's a great thing um, until then you realize in Park City, every errand is a relatively long errand. Like even a quick trip to the grocery store might take you 20 minutes. And I think that's one thing you have to keep in mind. You're like, oh, well, there's this great benefit as far as altitude and there's beautiful scenery. And there's like Marilyn was saying, like, in that case, it's dry. So for five months of the year, four months of the year, it's just an amazing training location. But then if you're there year round, um, some things start to add up and you just have to, you know, kind of consider that what's most important to you. Yeah. And if someone's, you know, say from Boston, they might be like, oh, 20 minutes to get to the pool. That's, that's nothing. So mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of depends on what, like you're saying, like what is okay with you and what is not okay with you. Like I said, for me, if I had to drive 20 minutes to the pool, like, whoa, I, I don't know. Well, we're talking about ideal, perfect, not perfect training locations for like, if you're you know, looking for, like, you're going to set yourself up as for a camp for a period of time, or you're a professional looking for what are the best places to train in for becoming, you know, my very best as a professional. So anyone listening to this that is hearing all these things and going, well, none of my town or city has any of these things. How am I possibly ever going to do a triathlon? Don't uh, take our message the wrong way. What we're trying to highlight is these towns and cities that are set up for absolutely ideal training conditions for, you know, maybe you want to try it for a period of time for a training camp, or if you're looking to, you know, 
live, live the dream for six months, or you actually are an aspiring pro professional or a current professional that is like trying to figure out what are the best places for training locations. So in no way, if you don't have access to any of these things that we're talking about, it is still possible to train very, very well. And, and, you know, you work with what you have. So nobody, nobody get discouraged when, if they're going, well, crap, I don't have any of this stuff. <laughs> but I would even say if you're looking to move within your town, like in, in you're stuck in or not stuck, but you happen to live in a town that's not one of these 10 towns we've named across the world, which is almost everybody listening to this. Um, just making like being aware, like, oh, maybe it makes sense to live in the neighborhood that's a five minute drive from the pool instead of a 25 minute drive. Or maybe it makes sense to be like, maybe I don't love running. And there's these really nice running trails. Maybe if I just live or, you know, maybe running's your the hardest thing for you, or you have trouble with hard surfaces. Maybe if you end up living closer to soft running trails, as opposed to further, that makes your life a lot easier. And all of a sudden running becomes easier for you because you have access to these soft running trails. So it's, it's decisions like that, that I think we're kind of trying to get across and we're using kind of the best examples in the world. Um, and, you know, like being here in Girona, having been in you know, we were just in Boulder and we're like, okay, I kind of am getting it. It had been 10 years since I'd spent a long time in Boulder. Um, and I was like, okay, I get it in Boulder. And then now I'm here in Girona. I'm like, okay, there's a few things I see that Boulder has that Girona doesn't. And it's like, well, flip side, there's a lot of things that Girona has that Boulder doesn't have. Um, and so it goes both ways. And of course, Boulder has English and I don't speak Spanish as everyone around here can quite tell very easily. Um, <laughs> And I think one of the points we're also trying to make is like, you need to, like you're saying, like you need to kind of come up with what is going to work for you and yep. what isn't going to work for you. So like what motivates you and what you need, like what you need the most help with, like, like you said, is it dirt to run on? Is it pool availability? Is it logistics? So yeah, some of these things are going to be really personal that like Elliot might need that I don't need or Marilyn might need. So yeah, kind of coming up with what is going to work for you. And then I think it's a good, like kind of soul searching to say, Hey, like, how does, how does my own actual setup work? Am I just making it work? Are the things I can change about my life that are actually would make it a lot easier. And maybe it's moving across town or maybe it's just like how you go about your day, even like, Oh, well, these trails are near my, near my work. I could just bring my runners with me. And all of a sudden, you know, things get a little bit easier. So yeah, you can kind of use this as a launching pad to how you're kind of setting up your own training environment within the constraints of your life. You know, and let's just, you know, what town I totally forgot that, um, that I spent a lot of time training in over there's was Penticton. Hmm, yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, I'm like, I can't believe I forgot that place. But yeah, I, I, I knew there, there's probably five other ones that I'm completely just forgotten. But Penticton, I used to spend a lot of time there. And that's actually a pretty great same, but it's the same list of things, right? I mean, it's, that one's not close to an airport. So that's not great. But, you know, there's running trails, there's a track, there's good road running, there's excellent riding in all different directions. The lakes to swim in. The pool was a little bit not as great. There was just a 25 meter lap pool that only had certain times and a couple kind of crummy lanes. Um, so the pool wasn't as great there, but, but the riding and running was fantastic. It was a small town. The weather was good, you know, all of these things. So, so similar things 
you know, cost of living was, was low. Those, those kinds of things that for me were important for setting up training locations. Yeah, I agree. I, do you guys mind if, uh, as long as we have the time, I don't think it was an accident that we all ended up living in Tucson relatively close to each other. Right. So like you guys obviously have been there long-term for a while years and I've been there three winters um and the last two winters after we were there the first time it was like okay we chose the wrong part of town the first time and then you're the and you know I'd already been there stayed with Jesse a lot of times and and now we're all quite close to the path which has access for riding the path has an easy direct route to one of the biggest hills in the country which is Mount Lemon and yet we're also still pretty close to the best pools in town um and I don't think that was an accident so thoughts on that yeah I mean I've moved since you stayed with me in order to be closer to the pool so that yeah now we're where we're all staying is really close to each other and it's also less than two miles from the pool but also mm-hmm. less than two miles from the river path so so yeah I will say one problem with Tucson is you were talking about these small towns that are really compact and you can get out of town easily, depending on where you're at in Tucson. If you're not kind of close to the bike path and you're trying to go across town, there are a lot of lights because Tucson is subject to that kind of sprawl. So getting across town can be a bit of a nightmare, especially when it's hot, you hit the stoplights. That's a, that's a bit of a rough patch. But with Tucson, you know, you can ride from your door in a lot of, in every different direction. I mean, that's the one thing, if you pick an ocean town that you want to pay attention to, soon as you have an ocean, which is fantastic for swimming. However, you need to really investigate what the, what the riding is like when you hit an ocean town, because now you're limiting one direction you can go. And so one of the other things I always looked at is, is there open water swimming? Yes, maybe there might be an ocean nearby, or there might be um, lakes or something like that. But you want to make sure, yeah, can I climb? Can I go flat? Is there rolling? Because soon as soon as you take away one direction that you can go, that's limiting the riding. In Tucson, you really can. You can go, you know, we've got uh, Kip Peak, Madeira Canyon, uh, other big climbs close by Mount Lemon. But you can go, I mean, we've done loops where, you know, 100 plus mile loops that are flat to rolling or even completely dead flat, you know, all kinds of different uh, steady grades. You can ride a different route pretty much every day for months and never repeat the same loop if you want to, plus really good group rides, those kinds of things. So, so having that availability to go all different terrain in all different direction from your door is, is really great with Tucson as well. Totally. I think that, yeah, that brings up a good, (laughs) (laughs) totally brings up a good point. But I think like uh, having been like on Gold Coast, right, there's this beautiful ocean and it goes forever. You can run on the beach, but there's not, you know, you can only ride certain directions and usually you're riding away from the ocean and you do kind of feel like, okay, I need to ride. (laughs) Riding right into the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it also, it, you know, it also limits like, um, running very like it's it's just with everything right um and and when i was in victoria victoria has amazing hilly roads it has this uh, it has also a collection of really flat roads that are great for tempo running and and for riding so you can ride flat you can ride really lumpy um and there's really good pool access but then 
you're on an island and you're like cut off in some direction. So it's like this perfect situation, except at a certain point, you kind of have to take the same roads out if you're going to go long. So it's really, I, I thought it was great um, for, you know, like for an age group athlete, I think it's great for the kind of racing Erica did, like uh, Olympic distance racing, even at the highest level, I think it's amazing. I think if you're trying to, you know, like the crazy thing is the Ironman world champions were coming from there um, and you can do it, but then you do have a limited amount of routes. So I think that's the one thing you're coming up and you're like, well, if you're an age grouper, you're only doing those a handful of times a year, but if you're doing them every week, you might get kind of bored. So I think that's the, that's where it's like this, it's like this perfect situation for 80% of the population or 90%, but not a hundred. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Flagstaff too. Any of the high altitude locations, if you're looking at them, you really need to be committed for three weeks or longer because, you know, there's, you're not really getting any benefit from going to that kind of high elevation. Like Flagstaff is what, like a little over 7,000 feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just going to get tired. You know, you're not going to really make any noted changing changes in your in your red blood cells and so you need to be committed to being there for at least three weeks and or longer and flagstaff flagstaff probably has some of the best running trails that i ever had as far as a uh training location like the running there is phenomenal and 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 you'll see that so places that have features attract certain types of athletes and flagstaff has a really historically a great running a lot of running history a lot of running groups and that kind of thing because the trails there are fantastic there's a really good track in town at nau <clears throat> so so same thing small town it's close to phoenix as far as wanting to get to an airport pretty quickly those kinds of things so the pool there at nau is really nice <clears throat> so there is good things about flagstaff the riding's a little bit limited you've got snowball that you can climb up you know you can go in a few different directions, but you start to get a little limited on riding. So it's not, it's not a place I would, I know the Canadian national team used to go there a lot for the short course athletes. And I think for short course camps for a, you know, if you're going there for, let's say eight weeks or something like that, it's a really good training camp and, and great for running. I mean, just, if you're going to go there and focus on running and changing your red blood cells and, you know, swim, run, and, like for a short course athlete, that place makes perfect sense, right? Because you've got a, one climb, you've got some, some, a few good loops on the road that you're not looking at a ton of riding like an Ironman athlete would have to do and, and, a, and a nice pool at the university. So it's a good place for like short course stuff. For an Ironman athlete, it was just okay. You know, like the riding, the riding started to get kind of old. And, and that's the thing is like, you need to decide, am I, if, if you're a short course athlete and looking for locations, versus an Ironman athlete, your needs are going to be different as well. And I think one of the, the biggest differences, if you're an Ironman athlete, you need really good riding. You know, you're just going to be riding your bike a lot. So you need those, those variety and the, and the, it's important to have the good rides. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time in Flagstaff and I would agree. Although last time I went there, I brought my gravel bike and all those trails you're talking about for running, you know, there's forest service roads. If you if you're okay riding a gravel bike that you can get out on dirt and just kind of get lost out there. And, and there are some really cool like dirt loops you can do on the gravel bike. If you're willing to do some of your big rides on dirt, but yeah, I, I totally agree. There's basically like one road that's good for time trialing. And so if you don't mind doing that a few times a week and just putting your head down there, 
that's pretty good. But but yeah, the the rest Shout of the road out are, St. Mary's Road. Yeah, Isn't exactly. It St. Mary's? St. Mar- yeah, that's all you got. Um, so I heard you rode your bike in Flagstaff. How was St. Mary's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. How were the cracks in the road? Any better? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one of the other, there's some hidden gems out there. We're talking about this before we started re- recording. So really common places in, in the Southern Hemisphere, you know, Christchurch, New Zealand was fantastic. Um, people talk about the Gold Coast a lot when they talk about Australia, but a real hidden gem that I spent a lot of time training was Albury. And, you know, it had all of, no one would ever think of that place to go there, but there's actually a lot of top professional cyclists and triathletes that have come out of that town. It's a little country town, but the same things, you know, Melbourne is only three hours away, major airport. Sydney is not that far away either. Um, There is a a small airport actually out of Albury that you can fly to those as well. There is running trails track. There's, I think four or five 50 meter outdoor pools riding in all different directions. You're really close to the, the mountains there. So Falls Creek, Mount Hotham, um, all of those in, in Bright. There's a little town called Bright that has these amazing these amazing climbs that, uh, that are pretty difficult actually. Mount Hotham is probably still one of the hardest climbs I've ever done. That's, that's a crazy tough climb. So- I got caught in a snowstorm up there <laughs> in like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Late, late spring. And I was yeah. like, really? I had no idea I was about to be caught. And I was riding with guys from Gold Coast who'd like never really seen snow much. Yeah. And they were like, what is going on? And I was like, I've been caught in a snowstorm like 38 times. And yeah. so then I was like coaching them on how to like, how to survive it. <laughs> Up on Mount, Mount Hotham or Falls Creek? I think it was that one. I think was false creek we rode a lot of climbs that week so i can't remember which was yeah. which but it was one of the ones with a ski resort at the top so yeah 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 it's probably hot anyways but yeah so you know that's kind of like there's some places out there that if you have this list of things that are important to you you know there's the ones that we all know about because they get advertised so much they make a lot of magazines you know it's it's sort of like chitter chatter amongst the communities that we all know where they are but there are some real hidden hidden gems out there and i would say albury is one of them and the cycling groups they're you know they're fast and hard and tough and you get some really good pro riders that come out of there um so that's that's a fun little location there is open water swimming there there's a lake there that the groups of people because there's a lot of triathletes every can't remember it was like every sunday or something we would all go down there and go for a swim and then have a barbecue afterwards so it's it's actually a yeah a great little hidden gem the places in Asia that I was based for training camps, uh, they we were there for a specific purpose designed by a coach at the time. I would say I would not, I would not go back there as like my own preference training camps. And I understood why those locations and what the purpose of those were. And similar things like the pool was right there, the track was right there. Uh, you know, is more isolated living. So you're really removed, literally removed from everything. I mean, you were just in camp. (laughs) That was it. There was no, there was nothing. Uh, But in terms of like the other important things for Ironman athletes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily go back there for a training camp, maybe for a visit, but not a training camp. (laughs) I'll give a, a shout out to Durango for, for a local kind of little hidden gem training camp with awesome group rides and group runs now that are that are pretty big and pretty hard you guys also have pretty solid master scene yeah hit or miss hit or miss master scene 
Okay, um, fine. Well, I think at the time maybe you were not swimming quite as fast, and yeah. then as you got bet as you upped your game, maybe it uh, didn't meet the standard. But not a decently nice pool and reasonable hours, as I recall. Maybe yeah, nice pool, course. good hours, and also good open water swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, like really, really aggressive group rides with some of the. I mean, you have to like climbing, but if you're good with that, then some nice hard, hard. Uh, I believe it was Wednesday worlds and then, yep. yeah, a good, now a really good trail scene and really good trail running, not a ton of super flat running. So that was, that was a little bit of a limiter, but, but yeah, nice yep. little place for training. Also expensive yeah. though, Colorado. A lot of yep. people talk about San Diego and LA because there is really good climbing and pools and, you know, everybody loves California and there's big tri scenes there. I would say that the traffic and the commuting in both of those cities, oof. I mean, I spent small periods of time in both of them and good Lord, like I was, and I've seen plenty of professionals base themselves for a little periods of time there. And I just think you spend so much time in the car to get anywhere. I, I, and the, and the cost of living, I was like, no way. Like, this is just not for me personally. Yes. There's a, you know, there's a lot of really nice things about both of those places, but the commuting and the traffic, I just thought was, I mean, you, you just felt like you could never get everything done because you were just always in the car. So for me, that just didn't work. Yeah. I, I will say that when I tried to ride there by myself, it was miserable because I didn't like know any of the ways to go. Yeah. And then I did some riding there with people who lived there and they took me on like this little bike path that connected you and you got out of town and that I feel like I would never find by myself. But when I Are got you just talking little... about the Oceanside bike path. No, like it's hard to, get... to, it's hard to find if it takes you out of town. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cause I was just following. Okay. Wheels. okay. I don't, I don't even know where I was. What it was. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, you just jump on it for a little bit and then you jump on a road and then like you're, wrapping around places and coming back through and jumping on a bike path in a different section of town. And, and I feel like if I didn't know that, then it would have been miserable. And even with that, it was like, you kind of had to know, and it was kind of heads up riding, but yeah, I agree. I could not live there. And I, I don't, I don't really understand how, like why people choose that as a training destination besides the fact that it's exactly the same temperature all year round. But I mean, but the, for a lot of people, that's, that just makes life easy. You know, it's yeah, one yeah. less thing to think about. And for, for you, you're like, I'd rather think about my clothes and not have to think about how do I piece together a second ride that doesn't get me killed and doesn't have me stopping every 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not a big fan of traffic like that. That's for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think we're all kind of lucky enough that we've been able to, to avoid that stuff. But I will say, Marilyn, as you're talking about Albury, it sounds really similar to Missoula. I mean, I've driven through it. I got a sandwich there, I think. Um in Albury? Yeah. Yeah, my, I know most, I people, did... most people don't, they're like, why would you, they don't even know. It just looks like a little country town and, and uh, you would never, no one would ever think of it. That's for sure. I think, I, I think at one point I was coaching Chris McDonald when yeah. he went back home and was doing a training camp there. So I was looking at the maps, et cetera, and he was doing group rides and open water swims, et cetera. Um, but point, and then of course I got to drive through myself and do all those climbs near bright, like you're talking about. But point being is it's a really similar sized town to Missoula and the access to good riding is really similar. I would say Albury has better year round weather and it has better access to like year round riding. And that's something where like Missoula 
is this great place for riding, except when it's frozen over, right? And it's like, it's this great place for, you know, our outdoor pool situation is amazing. We have this great 50 meter outdoor pool, really good hours, except it's only open like 11, 12 weeks of the year. So what do you do the rest of the time? You have a bunch of not great 25 yard pools and that makes it hard. Um, so every town, it kind of has its pros and cons. But if you, if you kind of dig into it, you find out, oh, people are kind of making it work anywhere. And I think that's one thing to listen to is like, we can, you can turn almost any place up to a pretty decent setup. You kind of have to figure out what, what works best for you and what you're, what you're looking for. Yeah, the little mountain town in Lausanne was really cool because there's actually a pool right there in that little mountain town. So you're up living on this, it's in a ski resort basically. Oh, well, no, it not, it is a ski resort, but there's a indoor pool right there. And so you could walk, didn't matter where you lived in town, you could walk to the pool in the morning in five or 10 minutes. And, um, you know, you always had to ride down the mountain and back up the mountain every single ride, but that was, that was, that was good as well. So if we were going to wrap it up, what is like the list of things do you think people should consider when going to a, like if they're trying to pick a training location or I guess trying to restructure where they live or whatever, what are, what is like the, the list of things you'd kind of run through with an athlete, um, with, with whoever to make that move or make that pick. I'll start just with one thing that may not sound, might not come to the, your head right away. Um, basically the things that they hate, right. If they despise rain or if they despise, you know, freezing weather, or if they despise busy roads, um, that, 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 that's not there. So like the things that kind of like make them stop, hopefully we can minimize that. So whatever's their like number one hatred, like take the, take the hate off the board and then, and then get to like annoyance. Cause like annoyance is one thing, but like, if you just start like full on hate something, that's going to bother you a lot more than a little annoyance. So like training, training likes and dislikes or like loves and yeah hates. like what like yeah whatever's the big dislike the massive dislike like try to make sure that's not there more so than the loves if that makes sense that's just me that's actually really good i think about it like i do not like training in the rain and i do not like you live in, you live in tucson i do not like commuting and sitting in traffic and wasting my time you know i think it's such a waste of time so, and I, you know, so it's like, yeah, those are my two like number one hates and Tucson is like great on both of those. So that's a really, that's a really good point. What would your two loves be if you had to, what do you love about like training? What makes that? Yeah. Just the convenience of being able to train everything that you need to do right from your door, you know, I, I and, and then the good weather. So access to everything good weather so that it's yeah access be able to do it and so like convenience and weather are kind of the two you're you're saying yeah convenience and weather across the board are really important to me and and good community you know like you said i i do well knowing that there is a good community of people to train with that that's important to me awesome i really yeah jesse you yeah i'm kind of the same i guess i really like training with with people so having having that around is pretty important. And then having easy pool access <laughs> is pretty important you to me. Very close to two very good pools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's on purpose. Um, and I guess one thing we didn't throw out there is access to 
physical therapy or massage, any sort of like recovery modality that might be important to you. It's good to take a look at that in the town, which you're trying to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I, I, yeah. <laughs> I like soft, I like soft, quiet trails in case you're wondering and long walks on the beach. All right. Well, <laughs> if I can, if I'm ever taking you on a romantical trip, I'll know what to look for. All right. Sounds good. Perfect. Oh, fun stuff. There's so many great places to train. So, you know, I think I, th- I like that one. Make the, find out the things you hate and stay away from them. <laughs> and, and maybe try and veer towards those things that you love about training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that too, that too. <laughs> awesome team. Well, thanks for spending the hour with me. Thanks guys. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Take care. Have a good one.